from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Secure our territory. Secure our turf. Because it's all our turf. Elite, Kenny and the Bucks, listen This that undisputed, yeah, we're here to shock the system This a war zone going down on Wednesday nights This a fight, this is NXT vs. Dynamite Weekly battles, ratings shattered, this a revolution This is change to what the game is used to doing This is all about that dark and light contrast Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. I am your host, Mike De Niro. Before we get into the show, I want to thank all our fans from all over the world. Thanks for following on Instagram at Fight for Wednesday Night. Thanks for following on Discord at Fight for Wednesday Night and continuing on the conversation. But most of all, thanks for following the podcast. Thanks for subscribing and thanks for supporting. We appreciate you. So, what a night it was for wrestling we had two really good shows, AEW and NXT. This is week 37 of the Wednesday Night War. And let's get right into it. I want to talk about AEW first. The last couple of weeks I talked about NXT, so I want to talk about AEW here tonight. AEW had a decent show. I was a fan of it. They started out really strong. We had the FTR debut, in-ring debut. It's the first match they had outside of the WWE, so that was pretty good. They meshed really well with the Butcher and the Blade, who are also really good in the ring, very sound, and have that old school style. I really enjoyed their match with FTR because I think that they had a lot of good chemistry with each other. And what a debut it was! FTR pull FTR pulls out the victory. Sorry, I just watched two long AEW and NXT shows, so I'm a little tired here. FTR pulls out the victory. It was a really good matchup, like I said, a really good debut. Afterwards, FTR, they're in the ring. They have a promo with Tony Schiavone. They're saying how they're here to prove that they are the best tag team in the world. The Young Bucks come out and they basically introduce themselves. And from there, we had a big brawl between the Butcher and the Blade who come back into the ring, attack the Young Bucks. FTR makes the save. They're helping out. Kenny Omega and Adam Page come out, make the save, because now Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc are in the ring, and they're attacking everybody. It was a big schmoz. I don't 
understand. I know that they're probably going to stretch out the build to the Young Bucks and FTR, but this just seemed like a little too much for me. I don't know if at Fighter Fest we we may get Omega and Paige versus FTR versus the Bucks. I'm not too sure, but right now I'm just glad that FTR is here. I know that they're on a handshake deal. They're not officially a part of AEW. I think that AEW will be smart to sign these guys full-time because they are a great tag team and would only add to that tag team division. So I think that AEW needs to sign them up full-time. Maybe that contract adds something like New Japan Pro Wrestling like other guys in AEW have in their contract. I don't know, but I think that it would be only beneficial to AEW to sign FTR. And I don't know when we're going to get this FTR Young Bucks dream match, but it's a long time in the making, and I can't wait for it to happen I don't know if it happens at All Out. I don't know if it happens at Firefest. It might be too soon to do it at Firefest. But when it happens, I'm sure that it's going to live up to the hype. You have two contrasting styles. Old school wrestling versus new school hybrid wrestling. You have the guys who are against the flipping spot monkey style versus the guys who pretty much invented the spot monkey style, the Young Bucks. So it's going to be really, really good when these guys get together in the ring. And I can't wait for it. We had a great tag team match between the women. Uh, Penelope Ford and Nyla Rose wrestled Hikaru Shida and Chris Statlander on this show. And this was a really good match. Like I said, these are all part of the core of the women's division. These women are constantly putting on good performances. Penelope Ford is growing every day. She seems like she's really coming to her own. And I'm really happy to see that because she has the look. I want to see if she could actually deliver in the ring. And lately, she's been really good. So, it was shocking to me when Penelope Ford actually got the upset victory and pinfall over Hikaru Shida. I guess this is building to a match at Fighter Fest. It's going to be a fresh, ma- a fresh matchup since we just seen Shida and Nyla. I didn't want to really see that again at Fighter Fest. And it wouldn't make sense to do Statlander and Shida. So, and also, we know Britt Baker is injured. So this is a nice, fresh matchup for Sheeta against Penelope Ford. We're going to see what Penelope Ford could do in a title match. See if she could rise to the occasion. I personally hope she does because it would only add to this division. Like I said, she has the look. If she becomes a great wrestler, it will be a total package for Penelope Ford. So I'm really excited for that. So kudos to her. That was really cool. The cameo of the night for this show for me being a big skateboarding fan, was seeing Tony Hawk on AEW, and he had a vignette with Darby Allin. Darby Allin looked to try to perfect that acid drop. Well, I don't. if you know about skateboarding, you know what the acid drop is. He looked to perfect the acid drop from the top of the ladder, the move that injured Darby Allin, the one that he tried at the Casino Battle Royal at Double or Nothing, the one that he, fa- uh, the one that he failed to deliver onto, I believe it was Kaz, and injured himself. He was perfecting it, and Tony Hawk was there to see it, and then gave him a high five. This was awesome. Growing up, a big fan of Tony Hawk, big fan of the Tony Hawk video games. We all know that the, well, I don't know if we all know, but the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 is getting revamped. I'm excited for that, not to go too much on that, but growing up, those were like my favorite games of my childhood. It would be really cool if Darby Allen could become a unlockable character 
I know he's a skateboarder. Now that he's cool with Tony Hawk, maybe we could get Darby Allen as maybe a DLC in the Tony Hawk games. That'd be pretty cool. But once again, seeing Tony Hawk on the show is awesome for me. I'm a big fan. That was really cool. And AEW continues to do this. They always have like these really cool cameos. Starting like even going way back to the very first episode of Dynamite, we had Silent Bob and uh, Jay, which sounds really weird when you say it like that. It's always uh, Jay and Silent Bob. We had, of course, Mike Tyson. We had these like celebrity cameos. Now having Tony Hawk, these are cool celebrity cameos because these guys seem like they're fans of wrestling. Where sometimes WWE has these celebrities on just because they're a celebrity, and it doesn't really seem like they fit on the show. Where every time AEW had a celebrity on their show, they had them fit perfectly, and it didn't seem it came off as natural and really didn't seem like it was forced in any way, which is really cool to see because. I was, especially in that 2010 era where WWE had the guest celebrity GM, like, I was so sick of seeing celebrities in wrestling. Like, if you don't care about the product, then stay out of the product. And that's what WWE did. So having, like, these celebrities that actually care and actually, like, add to the show, I think that only adds to the whole feel of AEW. It is big time and you have celebrities on the show that actually care about their product, which is awesome. We had... A six-man tag match on the show between the Inner Circle and the Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. This was very entertaining. The trio of Santana, Ortiz, and Hager mesh really well. You have the two like tag team specialists and then just the big brawling Oki versus the Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy is constantly entertaining. He turns it up when he needs to. He's very sound in the ring. Tremperetta is always delivering. Chuck Taylor really proving that he belongs. Chuck Taylor is really underrated. I don't think that he gets enough respect. I don't really see Chuck Taylor ever botching a move. Every time he's in there, he's always giving it 100%. And he's showing that he could go. This was a pretty good matchup. The uh, After the matchup, well, the best friends win the matchup. And after the matchup, the uh, inner circle attacks. Chris Jericho comes down with the bat. Floyd. They attack Orange Cassidy. And then Chris Jericho pulls out a big sack of blood oranges and hits Orange Cassidy with it. Orange Cassidy's busted open. They say he's bleeding from the ear. Chris Jericho said that he just juiced Orange Cassidy. Very entertaining. I really like this. I'm sure at Fighter Fest we're going to get Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. And that's just going to be awesome. Chris Jericho, since being in AEW, has taken... Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. The role of, well, it's taking the role of that veteran who creates stars because it was really the Chris Jericho and Darby Allen match that made Darby a star. Chris Jericho and Jungle Boy that really made Jungle Boy a star. Chris Jericho and Scorpio Sky that put Scorpio Sky in a lot of people's radar. And now, if he could do that with Orange Cassidy, I think that that's going to stop a lot of the doubters of Orange Cassidy saying that he's just a comedy act. If anybody could get behind Orange Cassidy and really show what he could do, it is Chris Jericho, and he's going to just build another star. So I'm really interested in this. And if it is Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy, I think that this will be very good. And I think that they're aiming for this matchup to be at Fighter Fest. So I'm really interested to see where this feud goes because it's been really solid so far especially with like Orange Cassidy like always in the inner circle business even involuntarily which is very like entertaining to see everything about Orange Cassidy is entertaining everything about Chris Jericho is entertaining this is just gonna be awesome so why not have Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy at Fighter Fest like I never thought I'd see a sack of oranges in a wrestling show, but it just works. Everything that, like I said, these guys do works. So I really enjoyed this. Really good matchup. And really good segment afterwards. We got Colt Cabana versus Sammy Guevara on this show. This was another solid matchup. A really good win for Sammy. I think that Sammy doesn't win enough. So it was nice to see Sammy win. Afterwards, we got this uh, continuation of the story with the Dark Order trying to recruit Colt Cabana. Brody Lee comes out with the full Dark Order this time. He has 10 there. He has U- Evil Uno, Stu Grayson. The Beaver Boys are there. So they help Cocobana up. Later on in the night, we see Cocobana go into their dressing room. I guess he is considering joining the Dark Order. I hope Cocobana does join the Dark Order. Just for the simple fact that every single person that the Dark Order tries to recruit, they usually get turned down. So... It'll be a nice change of pace to see someone actually say yes for once. I mean, and really, what else is Cocobana really doing right now? So, if it means Cocobana is on TV more and actually has a direction, then why not? We we really never seen Cocobana as a heel. I think that he will mesh well with them, so I'm all for it. I mean, if Cocobana joins the Dark Order, I think it'll be interesting television. So, we'll see what happens with that. But... Also after this, we had a post-segment where Sammy Guevara is cutting a promo saying that he's the best ever, and Matt Hardy comes out. Matt Hardy's putting over Sammy, saying that he needs, well, he's the future of AEW, needs to get away from the inner circle, needs to get away from Chris Jericho. And then Matt Hardy goes into full schizophrenia. He goes into Matt Hardy version 1 gimmick. He starts giving out Matt facts. Matter effects. Then he starts going into broken gimmick, the broken gimmick, and 
it's, it's just interesting. Like, I, I love Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy is just constantly, like, entertaining. He's going through this, like, identity crisis. I like that at any moment he could change gimmicks, which is interesting because we haven't seen this side of him where he just is, like, a chameleon and just changes gimmicks on the fly like that. And I think that him and Sammy Guevara having an actual feud or a program going forward may actually put Sammy Guevara over the top and could really put him over... And I also think that it also plants the seed of doubt in Sammy Guevara's head with Matt Hardy mentioning that he needs to get away from the inner circle. Maybe he starts to consider it and Sammy Guevara starts becoming a real single star and a player in AEW, maybe a big baby face, and we see him actually break away from the inner circle. I think that would be interesting because I've been saying that Sammy Guevara, Sammy G, is going to be a star in this company. He is great, so I'm really happy with that. We got to see Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. They Well, Joey Janela had a vignette, and he was basically saying how he was a star last year. He said that he main evented the last fire fest against John Moxley, which is true. When Joey Janela was first signed to AEW, Joey Janela was considered a big deal because if you remember from the press conference, when they first announced AEW, the first two prospects that they had at the conference was MJF and Joey Janela. So they did treat Joey Janela like he was a star. But since then, and after his match with Moxley being in the main event, he's just been floundering there. And he had that, I guess, short little program with Kenny Omega. They had the unsanctioned lights out match on AEW Dark. You had Kenny Omega, well, he had a match with Kenny Omega, a singles match on AEW Dynamite. Both times, Janela fell up short. The last big match we seen Janela in was the ladder match. He had a match against Cody. Both times fell short. And yeah, this guy has just been floundering there. So I'm hoping that maybe he does break out a little bit more. I think that he has all the potential in the world. He's a good wrestler. He just needs to be a little bit more motivated, maybe. I think that if they start a tag team with him and Sonny Kiss, that would be interesting. Sonny Kiss is a guy where he's he was announced. we only seen him on Dark and maybe one AEW match, which was a Battle Royal on Dynamite. So... I'm hoping that these two guys could actually do something. And maybe you have two people that are floundering. You put them in a tag team and they actually become something. We'll see, but you have to try it. So I like the fact that AEW is just not having guys just flounder in the main... Well, main roster. That's a WWE term. Just flounder on the mid-card and not on TV. They want to actually see what they got with these guys. So it's cool that they're actually going to try something new with them to see if they actually could deliver. The main event of this episode of AEW Dynamite was Cody Rhodes versus Mark Quinn for the TNT Champion. I I am not sure that this needed to be a main event because Cody was in it. I do like the matchup. I'm a big fan of Mark Quinn. For those who don't know, I used to train with Mark Quinn when I was wrestling at the House of Glory. I used to train for House of Glory in New York and I actually trained with Mark Quinn and something that I always will remember is the fact that when I wasn't picking things up as quickly as I thought I could have, Mark Quinn was there and actually helped me out. So I want to give a shout out to Mark Quinn. I don't even know if he remembers me, 
But I do remember that Mark Quinn kind of took me like under his wing in a way and was like helping me out. So I'm always going to have respect for Mark Quinn. And seeing him in this main event was really cool because, like I said, I seen him training and now he's main eventing on national TV. This was a good match. Mark Quinn, he's selling the injury on his knee. And something that we don't see is someone truly selling the injury. So him selling the whole matchup, I know some people may say that that might have took away from the match, but to me it didn't. I think that that was great wrestling psychology. Like I said, I just don't think that this match needed to be an event. I think a good main event could have been the six-man between the inner circle and the best friends, and then you have that segment with Jericho to close the show. But you know what? They're trying something different. They put a guy like Mark Quinn. They gave him an opportunity in the main event against Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes is really elevating this TNT champion into a main title. It's not going to be a mid-card title. This is a main event caliber championship, and that's thanks to Cody Rhodes. You heard my whole spuel on that last week and why Cody has to be champion to actually build these stars. So it's really cool. I was fine with it. Good episode of AEW. I give it hmm, a 7.5 out of 10. My match of the night was actually Coca Well, Coca and Sammy Guevara had a really good match, but also that women's taxi match I really enjoyed too. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Gonna be tough, you know. And then you got the FTR butchering the blade. You know what? The FTR and the butchering the blade is going to be my match of the night. They were just really good. A great opener, very sound. I really enjoyed them. Now going on to NXT. We are fresh from the In Your House pay per view. In Your House was a great show. Io Shirai is the new women's champion. Adam Cole retains the title. Karrion Cross defeats Tommaso Ciampa very quickly and very dominantly. Keith Lee is still the U.S. champ, well, the North American champion. Beat Johnny Gargano. 
really good show. Finn Balor defeated uh, Damian Priest. So this is the fallout of In Your House. The show starts with the Undisputed Error. Adam Cole's in the ring with Bobby Fish and Roger Strong. He's saying how he is the best that NXT has to offer. He's the champion. Adam Cole is truly a star. I think that the only thing that's stopping him from being a megastar is, I guess, the lack of true contenders. He's basically ran through everybody. He beat Finn Balor. He's beaten Velveteen Dream. He's beaten Johnny Gargano. He's beaten Tommaso Ciampa. Like, he's really ran through everybody. Tonight, he defeated Dexter Loomis in a great main event. Dexter Loomis is a star. I think that he's going to really be a bigger star when there's actually people in the audience. That was a great main event for NXT. And it looks like where they're going with this is going to be Karrion Cross and uh, Adam Cole. I know it's a little weird that I'm going to start this review of NXT with the ending of NXT. But the end of NXT started... Well, it ended with Scarlett Bardot coming out after Adam Cole's victory of Dexter Loomis with an hourglass... Basically showing, you know, TikTok, time is running out for Adam Cole as the champion. Karrion Cross is coming for him. This skyrockets Karrion Cross to the top already of the division. I mean, he should be. He came in and destroyed Tommaso Ciampa, who to this point is the top guy in AEW, I mean, in NXT. So why not? I, I really think that Karrion Cross and Adam Cole are going to put on a great match. And I think if anybody's going to take away the title from Adam Cole, it should be someone like Karrion Cross because you have like a t- the total package with Karrion Cross. Just like Adam Cole is a great character, a great talker, a great promo, and a great athlete in the ring. You basically want to give the next guy, the next guy you give that title to, you want someone to be of that caliber because it's going to look like a big drop-off if Adam Cole loses the title to somebody who can't hold up on the mic or can't hold up in the ring like he is because right now he's the longest-reigning champion and Adam Cole is really showing that he deserves to be the longest-reigning champion because, like I said, he's the total package. So if he drops that belt, I'm expecting the next champion to be even better or to par with Adam Cole's caliber, and I think Karrion Cross is. I don't know if that's the next TakeOver main event. I don't know if they do that on NXT episode. But I'm really interested to see Karrion Cross and Adam Cole. I'm really interested to see the promos. I'm really interested to see how they really book Karrion Cross as a main eventer and as the next number one contender. So I really loved how NXT ended this show. Also, the, the first match on this show was Keith Lee and Mia Yim versus Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. When I was watching this, I really was hoping that Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae won this matchup for the simple fact that if you turn these to heel and then have them lose all the time, it's going to be like the very... It's very similar to Dakota Kai when she turned heel and all of a sudden she just never won. So, there would have really been no point in the character change if they suck. So, I really was happy that Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae actually won this match, being that they both lost their respective matches at TakeOver. So, this also leads to another match, I guess, between Johnny Gargano and Keith Lee. This leads to Mia Yim and Candice LeRae continuing their feud. But, the match between Gargano and Lee at TakeOver was phenomenal. 
I love that matchup. So if that feud continues, then it has to make sense. But I also am excited to see where they go with it. So I'm actually really happy that Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae won this match because, like I said, it's going to keep that character alive. I really hate it when Dakota Kai turned heel and lost every single week. And if Johnny Gargano turns heel with Candice LeRae and loses every single week, then what the hell's the point of the character change if you're just going to shoot him dead in the water anyway? So I'm really happy with this. On this show, we got really good video packages. I really enjoyed the video package for Karrion Cross. I really enjoyed the package for Io Shirai, the new women's champion. I really enjoyed all the promos on this show. The promo between Brazongo talking about Imperium. Those two are just so contrasting that just like I said earlier about the Young Bucks and FTR... If you want to look at polar opposites, you have Brazongo, who's just pure sports entertainment, but could go in the ring, versus Imperium, which is just pure great athleticism. They take what they do very serious. The mat is sacred to them. They just mesh really well because it's like the yin and the yang coming together, kind of like FTR and the Young Bucks. NXT has the same thing going on in their tag team championship picture with Imperium and Brazongo. That was well done. But one thing that NXT's really been doing good lately is they've been really adding the element of video packages and promos which is something that's new to them they've just been great in-ring product like a great in-ring product but not enough promos not enough uh vignettes so they're really becoming i guess the full show here the full cert they're they're taking it to the next level it's a full wrestling show it's a great wrestling show that has different elements than just the in-ring product it comes with the territory when you have great characters, and we're seeing more of that in NXT, so it's really good to see this. I really am enjoying where they're going with this. On this show, we also got a vignette, well, not a vignette, a promo with Eo Del Fantasma. He comes out. He's the new champion. Drake Maverick comes out, and they start jawjacking, and then we get Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza coming out, and they attack Drake Maverick, along with Io de Fantasma, who is now going by Santos something. <laughs> I I didn't really catch the name, but now we're going to see that storyline of those mass wrestlers kidnapping Joaquin Wilder and Raul Mendoza from weeks back. Now we see why this is all building towards this new faction, I guess, of cruiserweights with the leader being EO Del Fantasma and the new champion. I'm really interested in this. This is really, really cool to me because I'm a big fan of Fantasma. You give him more of a character here. You give him more of a reason to be a heel and you give him backup. This is really cool. I think this is awesome. I'm just uh, doing my own fact checking here. I'm trying to find the name that they said that Fantasma is not going to be going by. Santos Escobar, that's going to be his new name, which I really don't like. I, I like EO Del Fantasma. I think that there's lineage, there's heritage, there's a history with that name. Santos Escobar, it's just it just sounds like a very typical WWE throwing two Spanish names together and we're just going to go with that, which I'm not a big fan of, but whatever. You know what? It's not the name of the wrestler. It's the freaking wrestler that I enjoy, so... Yeah, you know what? A great episode of NXT. This episode, I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. NXT won this week 
They really been coming to their own. Great pay-per-view on Sunday for In Your House. Great shows the last couple weeks. And this show was just phenomenal. Like I said, they're becoming the full circle. They have great characters, great stories, great promos, great vignettes to go along with their great in-ring action. So I am really excited for the current product of NXT. So big testament to them because a couple weeks ago I did say, you know what, I wasn't interested in their product. But you know what? They really turned it around. So kudos to NXT. Like I said, they won this week. My match of the night was Finn Balor versus uh, Cameron Grimes. I didn't really talk about this matchup earlier in my review. This was a really good matchup. Finn Balor, great to see him back on TV. He meshed really well with Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes is really coming into his own. I'm a big fan, and I hope that they could continue building on this character. But great to see Finn Balor always it looks like we're going to see Finn Balor go on to go for the uh, North American champion. If we could see Finn Balor versus Keith Lee, that's going to be a phenomenal matchup. But that's my match of the night for NXT. And yeah, NXT took it this week. AW had a great effort, but NXT was just that much better. So I'm really excited for next week. We're going to have another two great shows. We're going to see title matches next week for both AEW and NXT. So stay along. Thanks for following. Thanks for all your support. Catch you next week. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.